0: And time now for an ongoing look at how the world might change and look post-pandemic. And today we're going to look at COVID's effect on the world of science with our friend and futurist Nick Badminton, who joins us now here on Global News Radio. Nick, good afternoon.
1: Good afternoon, Jeff.
0: All right, let's start with uh, where we are right now, because we keep hearing, Nick, from our leaders that we're going to follow the science, that we have to trust the science. Do you think that the pandemic, thanks to that, we've seen a shift in public opinion, when it comes to science?
1: You know what? It's become its become the thing that everyone's spoken about. Like, for every waking hour of the day, online and in families, between friends on phone calls and whatever, it seems like there's a lot of amateur scientists out there that are willing to try and challenge the people that are out there, the epidemiologists and, and, and otherwise... But what, what we have to do is we have to realize that the world 's being created by scientific thinkers, you know scientific theories and 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 the ways that fluid dynamics works and, and uh, gravitational computing and, and everything from Einstein all the way through to uh, you know material sciences create this world that we that we sit in so I think, I think we need to sit, sit back and take a deep breath and realize that we, we 've got a huge debt to the scientific uh, community. People say that the sci- that science is the engine of prosperity, and, and to, to apply science is, is to put lives in society before dollars, and, but, you know, globally, we're investing about $1.7 trillion a year in research and development, and that's scientific work, and I, I think what we need to do is realize that that's a really important engine for the, the continuing world that we're living in.
0: Okay, in recent times, though, Nick, we've seen governments, our own government, uh, cut funding to science, much to the chagrin of uh, researchers. Do you think that research and science is going to be more of a priority than moving forward for governments?
1: Yeah, I, I definitely think that the uh, the pandemic has, has really sort of bolstered the case for investment in science, especially uh, medicine, and, and around vaccination and around uh, safe, safety in the workplace and the like. So yeah, I do think that we're going to see a lot of people investing in it, and mostly because they're going to see that there's, there's gold at the end of the rainbow, that there's going to be profit at the end of scientific endeavor like there they usually is.
0: All right. We have also seen during this pandemic the emergence of telehealth, people meeting with their doctor online over Zoom or other means. Uh, is this temporary, do you think, Nick, or is this here to stay?
1: It's been around for a long time, Jeff, and, and lots of people were already leaning into this. And uh, Canada is one of the countries in the world that was really sort of uh, forging the way forward for this, this kind of technology. Now what's happened is that a lot of these uh, non-essential medical appointments have been pushed online, and they have either been on the phone or they've been uh, done um, using the camera, and, and doctors have been able to keep that relationship going. People have been able to check their health. And, and a lot of the old-school uh, in the medical system that they were refusing to use that technology and now using that technology we're seeing a similar effect in in education as well but there's a flip side to this that's really important and the flip side is that a, a lot of people that have actually needed to go into a hospital needed to go and see doctors because of various symptoms they have around you know kidney failure respiratory problems uh, e- even stroke and not going into the into the hospitals and going into the surgery so you know there's this big debate right now as to whether telehealth as a one-size-fits-all solution is really a good thing but i think going forward we're going to have to find a balance and people are going to learn culturally to accept it and to have that as a way of engaging with their doctors going forward
0: and just finally, Nick, what sort of effect do you think is this all going to have on the younger generation, on young people? I mean, we've seen, and rightfully so, the celebration of our healthcare heroes, those frontline workers, doctors, nurses, scientists, and everything that they do. Do you think we're likely to see more people kind of gravitating to these prof- professions in the near future?
1: You know, I think people are seeing how hard these professions are. We, we've seen a lot of people come out of retirement to go back into hospitals. We've seen people that are trained and maybe working in education rather than hospitals going back into the hospitals as well. I think that the people that are, have a calling to this kind of work are going to step forward. Are they going to inspire more of the youth to step into those professions? Absolutely. So I think in the next sort of three to ten years, we're going to see a huge boom in, in terms of people you know, wanting to be qualified to become nurses and doctors, uh, surgeons, specialists, and to really sort of invest in themselves to help humanity as a whole.
0: And that is really, really exciting. Futurist Nick Babington with us this afternoon. Nick, thanks for the time as always. Have a safe and enjoyable long weekend.
1: Thanks so much, Jeff. Take care.